What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hustle and Grind podcast. My name is Jason Hartwell from JK Blades, and we got Pickle from Pickle Cutters. Uh, What's up, everybody? Yeah, and we got a very special guest in here. The Sharp Santa Claus is in here with us today. Old Faithful. <laughs> Old Dr. Faithful. K. I'm back. I'm back. Yep, B Cone's in here with us. This is cool, man. We're actually looking at each other, and Pickle is on a computer. So I think we yeah. are going to kill it on audio this week, finally. Yeah, if oh. this doesn't change the audio situation, I don't know what will. This should solve the problem, hopefully. Yeah, if this don't awesome. fix it, I quit. <laughs> I know. I'm giving my spot to Brian if he wants it. <laughs> nah, dude, nah. You got to keep Pickle on there. Oh, yeah, he ain't going nowhere. I ain't letting his ass now. I'm getting a lot of really positive feedback from you being on here, Pickle. So, again, man, I talk to you all the time, but I ain't told you in a while. I appreciate you jumping in here. Hey, no problem, man. I appreciate you uh, thinking about having me on with you. Oh, yeah. And it's a it's a good variety of people, you know. We both make knives, but it's different styles. I'm from the south. You're from the north. So we cover the whole region. and We, bo- we both talk funny. We do, <laughs> depending on who you ask. Your own version of funny, but it sounds good. Yeah. I like it. So we just recorded. Me and Pickle talk damn near every day. And we just talked Monday on the podcast that came out Tuesday. So we kind of add a fresh stuff. That's the reason we figured it'd be a good idea to bring someone else in here. Shoot, you got to keep me on to keep it fresh? Yeah, kind of spice it up a little bit, man. <laughs> all right, all right. Cool. I like it. So how's it? How's your haunted shop coming? I started to ask you earlier in that terrible live feed that we tried to do. I don't know what happened there, but... <laughs> Yeah, I think that was just an internet issue, but so he is still doing, you know, he's, he's doing more work. Um, he put in, let's see, they've got electrical work in, they redid the electricals just so that it didn't look quite so, or wasn't quite so janky in there. Um, they put in a septic tank, which is a big step up and now they're current. Oh, they also put on a new roof so that there's no leaks because before there was a, a minor leak, uh, two doors down. Not in the not in the uh, portion of the building that I was going to go in, but still good to know that they're putting on a new metal roof on the top. But then they are currently working on the back wall, actually closing in the building. <laughs> You'd think that would be the first step, but, you know, having a back wall is going to be nice. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, they're just continuing to plug away at it, and I'm just going to wait until they're done and then assess whether it's worth it, but... So yeah, it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird having that much space if it does come together. I'm excited for it. So you haven't actually made a full-blown decision yet, but when they're done, you kind of got first dibs. Uh, yeah, so I have first dibs, um, and I would be the only person that would be in there, you know, every day. The other two, there. so the building has three different, um, you know, uh, faces so that, you know, there's, you know, my portion of it, which is the far right corner, there's a middle section and then there's a far left corner where um, basically the other two would be rented out as storage. And then mine would be my workshop so that, you know, those storage people they'll be in maybe once a week at most. And then you know, it's just so that when I'm forging the back, you know, I'm not bothering anybody, you know? Right. But yeah, um, I don't know. Um, yeah. Like you said, I have first dibs um, if it does come together and it seems suitable but how the hell do you turn down 1,800 square feet for $300 a month, you know? I know, that's fucking nuts. I, I cut that in half and live in the other half. 
<laughs> out of the other half is what I'd do. That'd, that'd really yeah. be plenty of room for both, unless oh, you've got power hammer and all that shit. I need maybe 500 square feet living space for myself, you know? Right. At least yeah. maybe with a 1,300 foot square, uh, 1,300 square foot shop. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that's not a bad yeah, day. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it would be cool, but, you know, the haunted, you know, upstairs, I, I just don't know. That's That kind of gives me a little bit of bad vibes being there full time, you know? I'll just keep your old 12 gauge close to you. You'll be fine. <laughs> shit, man. I was Call the Ghostbusters if thing, things go hairy. There you go. I was looking around in my shop today. I don't have any big equipment. You know, I think we all got the same thing, just forge, anvil, grinders, you know. Yep. I'm running out of room so freaking fast in there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, it's crazy. I, mine's 10 by 16, mm-hmm. and it's plumb full. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know what else to do. You know what I mean? I've rearranged it every kind of way I can think of, and. I, my ceiling height is low, and I think that just bothers me more than anything because yeah. I just don't have room to hang stuff, you know, like belts. I got belts yeah. all over the place. If there's a fire in my it. shop, I, there's probably at least 50, 36-grit belts hanging off my fire extinguisher <laughs> just because it's another spot to hang something. So, you know, the fire extinguisher is just full of belts, so if a fire actually happens, you have to, like, take that extra minute, pull off all those belts – yeah. And by that point, your your shop is half burnt. Smart plan, right? <laughs> yeah. So speaking of belts, this show was brought to you by Phoenix Abrasives. They're your one-stop shop hey. for all of your abrasive needs. Find them online at www.phoenixabrasives.com. <laughs> Smooth ad read. I love that. Yeah. So you check this out. Down. I got a little uh, announcement to make. Ooh. Oh, yeah? So I, talk, I talked to Greg earlier at Phoenix Abrasives, and we teamed up. We're going to be doing a giveaway. So when this show comes out on Tuesday, I'm going to put an official post out on the Hustle and Grind uh, Facebook page. And they're going to be giving away a 16-piece belt pack. That's two grits of every size all the way from 36 up to 2,000. Nice. Yeah. So check that out. Sign me up for that. Holy cow. So the way we're going to do it, and we're going to run it for two weeks probably. That way, two mm-hmm. episodes will come out before we kind of announce a winner to get the word mm-hmm. out there. I'm going to put an official post up on the podcast page. Mm-hmm. The rules are you have to follow Hustle and Grind and Phoenix Abrasives, and you have to go to Phoenix Abrasives' Instagram page. Pick your favorite picture on their page, picture of a belt, picture of a knife, whatever, whatever you like, and share it to your stories. Okay. Once you do that, comment under the pay the post on the hustle and grind podcast page and just say done. And at that point I'll check, make sure that, you know, story was actually shared and I like the Mm -hmm. comment. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of it, we'll just pick from the duns. Shit, man. I feel like I should grab my phone and do that right now, but well, the post ain't out yet. (laughs) (laughs) So the way I'm going to do it is, you know, a lot of people do the random number generator, whatever. Mm Hmm. I, I don't know how we can do that on Instagram because it it's not numbered and it doesn't go in order of any kind. It can get all and kind I, of jumbled up. I fast. think there's a, I think there's an app out there or there's a whatever for uh, those kind of drawings that'll, you know, gather all the names in the comments and it'll draw out a random name. Well, I think I'm not sure. I think the way I'm going to do it is just old school coffee can write the names hey. down on paper and reach in a coffee I like can. That. And then works. 
you know, if we're doing this on the Zoom, I can actually do it right here, you know, mm-hmm. and hold it up. And one of you guys could cell phone record it through the screen, somehow or another get it out there. Yeah. To where, yeah. We, to where we can post a video of it up. Cause, I like well, that. Well, we could actually um, – we could actually record the video from the Zoom meeting and probably yeah. just edit that part. And yeah. Or just do a live stream on yeah. Instagram. If we can get to a spot where all three of us, or I guess all two of you have a good yeah. connection. Yeah. That, <laughs> <that's sketchy>. <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue what you're talking about. I have good connection down here in my basement, but uh, not out there in the shop, unfortunately. That's so weird. Why is it your basement and not out in your shop? Because the modem's down here, mm. and my shop's about like three hundred feet away from the house. Uh, so I got um, I've got a range extender plugged, hooked up to the to the modem and all that mm-hmm. wirelessly, and it you know shoots out a signal. But when there's overcast weather, it seems to get interference a lot. So, and today is one of those days, and my connection was just horrible back there. Gotcha. That it's was not weird. reliable. All three of us were on Facebook Live or Instagram Live just a couple <laughs> days ago. And yeah, it was fine. Yeah. We were yeah, all in the same was. spots. Yeah, I don't know what it what You just have to like, the sun has to be in the right spot in the sky. <laughs> uh, you know, the birds can't be flying overhead. Uh, you know, well, if it's a bird, it's just, issue, you have to it cross your fault. fingers and fart in the right direction. And sometimes maybe it'll work. <laughs> yeah. If it was yeah. birds, it was my fault. I, I fed my pet hawk today. That was pretty oh, yeah? fun. Yeah. I hadn't seen him in a good little while, but he hung out with me today, and I fed him, so that was nice. <laughs> I had no idea you had a pet hog. Hawk. H-A-W-K. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard hog as well, too. I'm thinking okay, a big-ass cool. fucking pig. <laughs> I was like, yeah, with them overalls, he probably got a pig hanging around the house. <laughs> well, you know, I'm telling you, man, overalls, that's the way to go. And when it's yeah. wintertime or starts cooling off, this is every yep. single day for me. So comfortable. Oh, they're so Speaking of, I'm sure Pickle has got it worse than I do, but it's straight up like, you know, sweatshirt and sweat, you know, jeans all the time season out here. It's it's down like mid-40s in here, Michigan. It, uh, I, guess, I don't know what that is in Celsius for, you know, the Canadian. Give me a second. Yesterday was actually uh, pretty nice and today too. Like we're right in the middle of uh, moose hunt season right now, and it's stupid how actually it's warm right now. It's like actually mm. too hot to be moose hunting. But uh, today outside here in Fahrenheit, it's 68, but it feels like 75, you know. Ooh, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, but it's the humidity's there, so it's, you know, it's kind of heavy. But uh, yesterday was hotter than that. And, uh, but the nights, it gets really, really, really chilly. Yeah. But that's just about over, you know. This is the last week. Everything's going to chill out after that. I was in a hoodie this morning all the way up until I left to come here. Oh, yeah? It's super comfortable today. It's in the low 60s, mid-60s. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, sixty. you know, 68 is hoodie weather for you. No, 68 uh, is uh, short, shorts and tank tops for me. <laughs> yeah, for the, for me and Pickle, it's, you know, as soon as it gets over, you know, anywhere in the 60s, it's hmm. shorts and T-shirts. But no, that's, There'll be a that, snowstorm. That's There'll be a snowstorm out there, and I'll – yeah, but uh, there'll be a snowstorm out there, and I'll be walking around in shorts with you know, short sneakers and ankle socks, go. and yeah, there you go. I'm grizzly like that. <laughs> no, man, if it hits fifty here, we're bundled up. <laughs> we're just not used to that. 
See, I love it because, you know, you can have the forge running all day and you get too hot. You just take a step outside and it cools you right back down. It's perfect. I just keep the door open. My shop's so yeah. small. So. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking it of works. forges, I had an issue with my forge this week. Shit, man, what happened? Yeah, I sent P- Pickle a little video of it. So what's going on is it's sputtering while it's running. Just psh, 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 psh. Mm. It only does that if I've got the pressure turned down way low or if I'm using both burners. If I turn the pressure up, it's fine. Or if I turn one of the burners off, it doesn't matter which one, front burner or back burner. If I turn <laughs> one off, it's fine. Huh? What the heck? Is that just a pressure issue? I don't know. I That's did weird. notice last night when I went to put it up, because, you know, I've been moving the forge outside. I went mm-hmm. to unscrew the regulator, and it was ice, ice, ice cold. You know, I've mm-hmm. heard of propane tanks freezing up, but I've never noticed my regulator getting that cold. I don't know if maybe that's got something to do with it. Might well, be. couple questions. Um, how long, a first one is how long were you forging and how big of a uh, tank were you using? Just a gas station tank. What was that 25, 30 gallon, 20 pounds, oh, whatever. 20 pounds. Yeah. The same yeah, kind. You need to bump that up. You change out at the gas stations. But uh, it was running probably two hours tops. Mm, yeah. Those small tanks, they they freeze up so dang quick. Um, I've got a thir- I've got two 30-pounders that if I'm foraging more than a couple hours, I'll once one freezes up, I'll switch over to the other one, which lets that one cool down, you know, or I guess warm back up to the point where it's running fine. My guess is that sputtering is coming from that frost. That's weird, though. I haven't had that problem before, even in the wintertime, because mm. I don't think the temperature outside really has much to do with that. That's so drastic. Yeah, you'd you can be surprised. Do. You could always get a hundred pound tank and not have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> want to have to haul that thing back and forth to town to get it filled up. <laughs> I do it. You know, it's worth it. It doesn't freeze over. I forge as hot as I want, as long as I want, and I've got. You know, I won't be in the middle of heat treating blades and be like, "Oh shit, my fucking tank froze up," or "Oh shit, I got no more propane," <laughs> mm-hmm. and everything's closed because it's Sunday night. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. How long has one of them last you? Oh, I'd say right now, uh, roughly about the, about two months, easy. Oh, damn. Oh, more, maybe, yeah, two to three months for sure. I'm trying to think back when I uh, had got this one filled up there, this and uh, at least three months for sure, and I maybe, you know, got like a fifth of the tank left. Wow. And say a fourth, yeah. Yeah, man. I could always just go bigger. Go big or go home, right? I yep. guess so. I, I, I got the tank from one though. of my friends. You know, one of my friends hooked me up with a uh, – he's got a roofing company, and they do a lot of flat tops, so they got all the tanks for the torches and shit. And uh, he hooked me up with a tank, a full tank, and uh, filled it up a second time, and that was the deal for a paring knife. Yeah, if it works, yeah. it works, doesn't it? Can't beat that yep. deal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the tank's roughly around 80 bucks, and to fill them up, they're about 100 bucks. so it was like a $280 deal. But then you don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, no, no, I'm good. I just got to pay 100 bucks to have it filled when it's out, and that's it, and I'm good for months. So that's a 100-pound right, tank. You know, propane is propane, whether you, you fill it up, you know, five times at 20 bucks or you fill it up once at 100 you know, it's still the same amount of money you're putting into it. 
Yeah, but it's the efficiency and the convenience of the 100-pound tank compared to a 20-pound tank. I agree. I agree. I just like the convenience of the little tanks. Not only that, is you end up like I had a a 40-pound tank, and I had like three 20-pound tanks. So when you're going to town, you got all these tanks running, like, you know, laying around in your car trying to get to town to get them filled, and you got, you know, five tanks that you're lugging around to have those filled up, and then you got to store them somewhere, you know, so... It was right. more convenient for me to get a hundred pound tank than have all those tanks laying around outside and having to have those all filled up. Now, question for you: Is that hundred pound tank inside of your shop, or do you have a line running outside into the inside? It is inside right now, but I am planning on running it outside. Okay, I just cool. got to order myself a line. I can't right. find any of that here locally, so I'm going to have to Amazon it or whatever. Hey, man, that sounds like a good deal. Yeah. Yep. Can't go wrong. I've got two tanks, and what I do is I'll, you know, one of them's full, hooked to the forge. Once I put that one on there, at some point in the next few days, you know, whenever I run down to the gas station for, you know, grab a 12-pack or whatever, I'll just throw that in the back of the truck and get it swapped out. That way, whenever I do run out, there's a full one sitting there. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I keep one full one, but I don't really do a whole ton of forge, and most of the time with my forge on, it's heat treating. Yeah. Yeah. Same. So it lasts. It lasts See, I do. I do a lot of forging, so you know it could be running for two, three hours at you know decent heat. Yeah. So you know I'm talking two thousand degrees. You know? Hmm. So pickle. Speaking of what, what do you have working on in your shop? How many knives are you working on? I uh, was working on five. Scrap two. Working on four right now. Oh yeah, I saw that video where you were uh, you you pulled it, put it in the vise, and just snapped that thing right in half. Yep, it had uh, two cracks in it. That one, mm. that one cracked, took the bit the dust. Uh, the other one was a sandmai that had some D lambs in it. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, bad ones too. So you know, scrap that. So I figured might as well snap it and see what's up with that. Mm. Everything grains were nice, everything, but unfortunately there was D lambs. Um, I forged out yesterday while my uh, my handle scales were um, while my handle scales were uh, drying up. I hammered out a uh, well seven inch cutting edge, but eight inch long blade uh, Nakiri style cleaver. Nice. Yeah, it's like two and three eighths tall. It's gonna be a nice uh, mean uh, cleaver. So tell me about so you do all of your heat treating out of your uh, forge, correct? Correct. Tell me about your normalizing cycles. What do you do? What is your process for normalizing your blades? Well, depending on the steel, obviously, you know, you got different temperatures and soak times and whatnot. You know, I, um, like with music, I play it by the ear, but, you know, use my visual a lot. But I do check my temperatures with a, um, a temperature gun. Mm. And, uh, you know, to get roughly around there. <clears throat> and then you know, from the beginning learning process of, you know, pulling my blade out and actually checking the blade to see what temperature it was at, you know, and then, okay, this is where I need my PSIs to be on my gauge to get that heat and, you know, all that. So that's how I do it, you know? Okay. Man, I'll have to uh, check out your temperature gun because, I mean, I did a live stream with you on there and, you know, Jason is in there for a bit and I had a bunch of other people kind of jumping in and out of the live stream, but you know, I was doing normalizing cycles for one of them and you can kind of see, I put them in there for a while and pull them out. And I'm not like, 
I, I mean, I, I do it like when you first put it in, you get it nice and glowing orange, like a kind of not quite like nowhere near forge welding or forging temperature, but you know, pretty much just getting to the cusp of that orange color, pull it out, let it, let it air cool. Then I put it in and just bring it a little bit cooler than that. And I'm not, yeah. <laughs> excuse me. You have to, um, you know, by when you're doing it by color, if that's how you're going to roll, um, and you don't want to, you know, you don't want it to get it to that glowing orange, you know, oh. but you want it to be, you know, kind of shady in a dark room. You know, you don't want yeah. it to be glowing. You want to just get those three cycles, dimming, uh, lower your heat between cycles. Right. And uh, like I said, you, you get barely a glow on your last cycle. You know, you just barely get it reddish. Yeah, right. And uh, then I let it cool completely on my third cycle. And mm. then that's when I bring it up to quenching temperatures, you know, depending on steel. And then uh, bring her up, let it soak. Gotcha. Um, so maybe that's what I'm doing wrong is on the first couple of cycles, I'm just letting it get too hot because the last, yeah. the last couple I am, it's just barely getting red, you know, like a very, very dull, you know, red, dark red. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Are you anyone, you guys, whoever, but if you're going too hot, well, your grain structure is going to be larger. And that's my problem. So if you keep your, your uh, thermal cycling temperatures, proper temperature and then you bring yourself up to non-magnetic you know critical mm-hmm. uh then you should be good you know i haven't seen coarse grain in any of my snap tests or anything like that lately and i always snap a test piece before i do my quenches you know if i'm changing switching bars or whatever you know new stock or so i always test the piece i take the time and do it and if everything looks good then i go with it you know? are you letting your blades soak at any kind of temperature brian um, you know, I'm, I guess I should probably get a lot better about regulating how long they soak, but anywhere between five and 10 minutes. Okay. But yeah. like I was, I was, you know, doing a live stream and I was, you know, getting caught up in conversation and not really paying attention to exactly how long it is. That first cycle so, is where the soak really matters. Mm. The very first cycle that I've found anyway, I, I follow New Jersey steel Baron's heat treat yeah. you know, recipe pretty close. Me and Pickle talked about that last night. He had a different recipe than I did. And there's a million ways to skin a cat. Right, right. for sure. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just – you can go on their website, and they got detailed instructions for every kind of steel. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome. See, what I need to do is get, like, one of those little egg timers, you know, that goes all the way up to about 10 minutes so that if I am you're doing a live stream and starting a conversation, you know, I don't pull it out too early or – you know, don't let it sit too late. Yeah, for sure. That would definitely work. Anytime because, I got my forge on doing heat treat or whatever, like I'm, I'm pretty focused on it. I don't even listen to music. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm looking at my watch and kind of just waving the tongs around, whatever, just sure. staying pretty focused on it. Gotcha. So Jason, what do you have going on in your shop this week? You just got back from that big long trip. You've you've got to pretty much be raring to go in there. Oh, I am, and I'm going right back to North Carolina Monday. Ah, shit, uh, right. (laughs) But uh, yeah, man, I got uh, I got three blades that are custom orders, just about finished. I'll have them done before I leave, and uh, then I got six more that I'm just kind of building because trying to build up stock for shows and all that kind of stuff. Nice. Got my shipment of wood from Rob's Wildwood in and add some pretty stuff. I'm excited to use it. But now that I got it in my shop, I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, I don't know. Is this knife good enough 
for those scales. Because mm. you know, in the past, I've always had a ton of handle material laying around. But if you mm-hmm. get one expensive set, you know, for me anyway, I'd be like waiting for the right knife for that set to go gotcha. on. Now they're all gotcha. they're all the nice scales. So I right. just got to start start using them up. <laughs> you got to up your game so that, you know, it all matches, you know? Yeah, yeah. So the ones that are custom orders, obviously, you know, you can do pictures and whatnot, but the ones that are not custom orders that you're just making, you know, pre, you know, without being pre-sold, tell us about them. You know, maybe maybe somebody that's listening will want to, you know, pick one up. They're basic. Um, a lot of what sells good for me are chef's knives, mm-hmm. but I have learned over time that an 8-inch or 9-inch chef's knife is pretty but that's a lot of blade for a home mm-hmm. cook. So around the six to seven inch chef's knife seems to be a nice sweet spot. So seven inches is my favorite. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you got to say that louder right into the mic. I knew somebody was coming with it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. I'm, I'm working off templates from my old designs that have done good and just kind of making duplicates of a lot of them. So when mm-hmm. I go to shows, my first show, I've never done a show before at all. But Same. The, the first one I go to, I want to probably have about five different knives as far as styles, but I want to have 20 to 30 blades. So, yeah. you know, like if the six-inch chef's knives are moving good, I don't want to take one of them, you know, and sell that and then sit on a bunch of other stuff. Right. You know, I want to sell five of them or whatever. And then I got some EDCs I'm working on trying to get those tidied up so I can start working on this Kydex shit that I got in the shop. That just took over a whole section of my workspace that I wasn't yeah. planning to lose for that, but it is what it is. I mean, I got those. Yeah. The that phone Kydex thing is the, something I, that Kydex thing is definitely something I want to get into here shortly because, you know, I offer leather shoes from my buddy Louis Leatherworks, and, um, you know, those, those are great, but, um, you know, it would be nice if shoot, Sorry, I had, I had a pop-up on my screen. My bad. It'd be nice if I could offer something a little bit less expensive than, you know, that that sheath. Some sort of a Kydex thing, but. Rabbit hole. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> hey, guys. Real, that one is for sure a rabbit hole. Real quick, just a quick question. Are, I'm not familiar with Zoom. Do we have a time limit here on this? I have no idea. I just, I just a, saw that. It said you updated uh, something unlimited minute or whatever unlimited time. Or- That's what it. popped up on my end too. That made me hesitate. Mine says a <laughs> gift from Zoom. Running out of time, we remove the forty minute time limit on your group meeting. Uh oh. I mean, I guess. Well, if they remove the time we did, in the future. We did last week and we had no problem. Uh, it's probably just a. It wants me to click on love it probably so they can add it to a positive rating thing somewhere. Oh, there we go. But anyway, that's what it is. Back to the Kydex. Um, you know what? For a second, let me run down a quick little rabbit hole. Oh, Speaking of that whole situation right there, like, hey, we're giving you unlimited, uh, you know, we just gifted you this thing. Now go ahead and rate us. You know, Target used to do the exact same thing where every single year there is a, you know, the, the employees would have to sit down and do a review of, you know, working at Target, what it's like to be an employee at Target. And like the two weeks ahead of time would be like, hey, we, we uh, got you guys some ice cream in the break room, some pop in the break room. And then the day of it would be like pizza party day. 
so that, you know, you know, all the rest of the year, it's, you know, bullshit working for target and they, you know, don't do a damn thing for you. But just before you review the, uh, you know, the target experience and your, you know, your superiors, that's when they butter you up. That's some bullshit right there. That is some bullshit. Aren't you glad to be out of there? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Thank God. Thank God. So yeah, the Kydex stuff, I haven't even, I've unboxed all the equipment and tools. But the Kydex itself is still in the box. I've got two sheets okay. of it, two foot by four foot. I haven't even pulled out. I opened the box enough to make sure it was black like I ordered. That's it. But okay. I bought that much Kydex. <laughs> Pickle's got a joke up there somewhere he's working on. He can't figure it out. I, I can't, dude, everything you just said in the past 30 seconds, I can't even say what I want to say on the air. It's <laughs> Wow. Okay. My, my head's uh, fucked. My head is fucked. Sorry, guys. Lots of box talk. <laughs> All right. Boxes and tools. All right. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> everything that I bought, now I bought the drill bits, I bought the dies, the eyelets, the arbor press, the foam press. Like, I bought every single thing that you would need. The only thing that I forgot to order was the little utility clips, you know, to actually clip it onto your belt. Yep. I completely forgot to even order those. But those oh, are shit. those are pretty cheap. I spent two hundred and I think fifty seven dollars on wow, everything. Really? And that is Which is like six hundred Canadian. Is it really? <laughs> <laughs> Not that much, but fuck. Everything here is just more so more expensive. Like if I were to, you know, get everything I needed for Kydex, I'd probably have to order from the States first of all, because there's nothing here. Right. That shipping and that importing is probably what kills you. But for the amount of Kydex and eyelets and everything I got, I could probably make at least 50 sheaths. Wow. Without having to order anything else. You know what I mean? That's that's dirt cheap. Yeah. See, I've always thought about doing a Kydex sheath, but then still having that little leather loop so that you can attach it to your belt. And that on that leather loop, that's where you can, you know, stamp in your logo or something. Well, I mean, like a hybrid sheath. Hybrid yeah. sheaths are pretty cool where they do Kydex and leather together. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen quite a few of those. Those are nice. You can still make the loop with the Kydex and all that kind of stuff. And I guess, okay. like, your hot stamp, you could put your torch on that, you know, heat it up, and you can just kind of burn into the Kydex. See, at that point, I'd probably just go to my leather guy and have him because I, I had a uh, brass, you know, my, my full logo, not just B-Cone, the uh, whole B-Cone Knives logo. Um, made so that he can stamp them onto the leather. And I don't even think that he warms it up. I think he just, just straight up, straight up stamps that on, into the leather. Oh, well, yeah, leather, yeah, leather, yeah but for Kydex, for Kydex, you would have to heat it up to have it. Oh, that's, uh, now I get yeah. you, now I get yeah, you. It would kind of just burn it in there, almost melt yeah. it, you know. Okay. I think yeah, leather, you that. actually want to wet your leather when you stamp it or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. Soak it and stamp it. Yeah, I'm sure he does that. I, I, you know, see, I, I'm the I'm the dumb guy that can make something sharp. He's the guy that actually does all those measurements and uh, you know makes it happen. Yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of dumb guys, screw you, Ben Butler. Hey, oh, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing shade both ways. Hey, no, I'm kidding. I heard that today, and I just cracked up. That shit don't bother me a bit, not at no. all. I, I, well, I was glad to hear Ben ahead. was back. I mean, even if it's not. Back full time right now. Glad to hear he sounds good. I mean, I know he's got a lot yeah. of shit going on, but he sounds good. It's good to hear him. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I text you ahead of time just so you didn't hear it and like, oh shit, you know, 
want to get pissed off about it. If you wouldn't have texted me last night, I probably just would have not even noticed. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. But, gotcha. Uh, I mean, obviously, I notice when I hear my name. That's awesome yeah. all the time, no matter who says it. But yeah. that it, that kind of stuff don't bug me none. Okay, cool, cool. Did you, did you listen to the Work For It podcast, Pickle? Yeah. Yeah, was it? Yeah, I did. You guys lost Ben. Totally lost Ben on that one. <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought it was hilarious because he had just gotten done bragging about how he's got his internet, you know, yeah. down. And, like, not 15, 20 minutes later, he's gone. His internet yep. completely crapped out on him. Ghosted you guys. Uh, oh, wow. Shit happens. Of yeah, I don't know I what it is with him. Uh, you know, he's he's been, of course – Back when they were doing live streams, you know, Brian's would be crystal, crystal clear, perfect, and everything went went well. But then Ben's side, it would just completely fall apart, and there'd be hesitations. And even when we're recording, you know, we record on cast, and, you know, there are times when Brian and I, like, can't really hear him, and it just kind of, like, fades out for a second but then comes back. But the app actually records it locally on his computer so it all melds back together and there, it doesn't sound like there there's that but yeah just like in the your last podcast you guys did is you could hear you and brian talking about how you lost ben but ben's still going on yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious i noticed you hear that ben too. going and then all of a sudden it's you and brian's like oh oh well, I think we lost Ben. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we lost Ben. Oh, yeah. No, I think, yeah, no, Ben's gone. But Ben's still talking. Yeah, you two lost Ben. The rest of the world still got him. Yeah. Oh, that was shoot. funny. Oh, yeah, I was laughing my ass off this morning when I, when I heard that. Uh, see, I have a hard time listening to myself. Like, I, I'll, I'll listen to the majority of the podcast, but most of the times I'll skip through and, you know, just kind of get the highlights because, you know, I listen to like, oh, you know, this thing didn't work or that thing didn't work. And I'm trying to do a little bit better about whatever. But nine times out of ten, I don't like actually sit down and listen to it from the beginning to end. So I, I must have just skipped right over that part. I listen to ours every week for the simple yep. fact that, to like kind of double check myself, make sure mm-hmm. I turned it off at the right time. That's a big deal. <laughs> there have been times I, Brian, I think the first time you were on ours, we didn't hit mm-hmm. the end button and yeah. but we just left it in there. We let it roll, but I did that again on another show. And luckily I never got a message, you know, about somebody hearing it at the end. I got done and I hit the end record button. I can't remember who was on it. But I left it recording, and I stood up, and I opened the door here, and I was talking to a guy that was here. I was talking all kinds of shit. I mean, just <laughs> shit that the world didn't need to hear. And I was across town. I got in the truck and hauled ass back up here, completely deleted the episode, and mm-hmm. had to go back in there and edit and reload it. Gotcha. So I just listened to it to double check and make sure it came off okay. Sure. If we sure. say something funny, I'll chuckle, but I really don't even pay it much attention. It's just kind of gotcha. like a fills up the background space. Yeah. Well, cool. So, you know, let's let's go ahead and go on to something else. So, um, if there was a tool or something that you have on your bucket list of things that you want in your shop next, like what's the next? You know, I gotta have a tool in your shop that'll make life a lot easier. A fucking the heat kiln. treat kiln. Yeah. Kiln. Oh, Easy all day. God. <laughs> fucking kiln dude that would be a life changer a kiln and uh a benchtop mill 
a milling machine. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely, definitely want a milling machine, and uh, I want a forge press. Yeah. If I could get those three, would be set. Ah, uh, uh, <laughs> fuck. You're never here for me again. I'd always be working. Yeah, okay. for if, sure. If we're doing three, I don't. I, I don't even know if I know what a milling machine is. So I'm going to pass on that one. <laughs> I don't think I need that. You want to make folders? Not really. Well, maybe one need a fucking milling machine. <laughs> I guess That's if I wanted goal. to make folders real yeah. bad, I would know what that tool was then, huh? But yeah, it's a high precision, you know, machine that you know you you could get everything in this uh, whatever the fucking word is, but you could get you know stuff done very tight and precise. Ain't it like a drill press, but it it moves back and forth like to level stuff yeah. out? Yeah, yeah, okay. different okay. axes, and you could you know there's rotary rotary table ta- tables for them or whatever you can you know just do all kinds of shit with them i'd They're like a very have... useful tool to have if you're into fabricating especially you know and yeah. i like fabricating as much as i like making knives so i wish i'd have one yeah, yeah. um making folding knives is definitely a bucket list type thing for me um that is you know i i love doing the you know the fixed blades and culinary knives and stuff like that but folders um, you know, that just the intricacy of, you know, how they come together and how they, you know, when you get a folder and it just opens with almost no effort, that is just, you know, that's art. That's like, you know, a symphony set, you know, yeah. playing. Well, I've made a um, couple of is, folders. They were in the shape of fillet knives, but if you press down on them, it'd fold right that some bitch right in half. <laughs> <laughs> I've made... I've made six friction folders so far, and I've got a few more to make. Uh, but I do want to get, you know, different types of folders done, you know, locking folders, frame locks, mm-hmm. liner locks, uh, anything out. You know, the, the simplest one to make, I want to make all the way to the hardest one. You know, I just want to make them all. It, yeah. That's a rabbit. That's another rabbit hole, you know, where you got as much hardware in it as you got knife itself you know you got all the spacers and this and that and bearings and washers and everything's so small too so it's like you need a different workshop almost to make folders like if i were to try and make folders in my shop right now it wouldn't happen because it's such a fucking mess i'd probably lose parts left and right and i'm not organized set up a clean space in your house or something you know what i mean like at the kitchen table for all those little baby parts yeah what are you talking about? Speaking of, um, uh, Mark Vanderwiff and I were talking, and we, I shouted him out on the Work For It podcast yep. where he had made a folder. He was telling me that he, let's see, let me read his thing again. So here's the precision tools that he has. He has the BA Vander Sander, a 2 by 72 belt grinder, an angle grinder, and a drill press. Jeez. That's what he made that <laughs> folder out of. But is I it just a, a, is is it a friction folder or is it a? I think it was like a liner. It looks because, like it's some well, sort he, of a he liner. Put lock. Some li- he did put some liner in there. Uh, he did send me. Hold on, he sent me. Um, just trying to remember where the fuck he hit me up because he hit me up. I think right before he posted it, he sent me a few messages. Yeah, it's a liner locking folder. It's I mean, liner? he says it's he says it's huge, so it's you know obviously yeah, it is huge. But, you know, you make the first one giant, and every time you get a little bit smaller, a little bit smaller. But with those rudimentary tools, if he can do it, you know, I, I want to give a sh- I want to give it a shot. Maybe after the uh, Christmas rush, I'll go ahead and uh, 
take take a week or two and play around with that idea. Have y'all started getting Christmas orders in yet? Actually, speaking of, um, obviously I had that big, big order batch that I'm working on right now. I've got a couple now behind that order, um, but I'm going to be shutting down my Christmas orders here mid-October because my leather guy has to have all the knives I'm going to have done before Christmas. He has to have on, or he has to have going by Thanksgiving. Get you in that Kydex, man. You got time to get set up before October. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing is if, you know, 90% of the knives that I make, people get cheese with them. So like to take orders past, you know, mid October, they wouldn't be able to get sheaths and you know, that, that it's just kind of that, that, that shitty thing where, you know, I'm relying, I mean, it's, it's cool because he makes really good uh, leather sheaths and I don't want to touch leather. I'd rather just stay with the knife stuff, but you know, I have to rely on him to get it done. And he gave me a deadline of Thanksgiving, but it seems like most people start to think about Christmas gifts at Thanksgiving. Too yeah. late. Right. That's the problem. No, it's just like uh, people asking me three weeks ago if they could get a knife for hunting. It's like, oh, it's like you should have gotten in touch with me three months ago. Right. <laughs> you know, even have them sharpen. And one guy asked me, he's like, you sharpen knives? I was like, well, duh, I make knives. So it's when they ask me, do you sharpen knives? I sell dull knives, you know. But, anyways, so yeah, he's like, I got 10 knives here that I need to sharpen. And I looked at him, I was like, Ain't happening, but if you would have gotten one of my knives, you would have just needed one knife. Exactly. Yeah. I've gotten a couple pictures of a few guys that have uh, that got their moves down and um, uh, no sharpening done whatsoever in the process of getting that moose, you know, empty and all that stuff. So uh, usually, you know, you could go to two, three knives before you're done processing your game a moose you know it's all the hair and all that shit and uh these knives are still sharp and still cutting yeah yeah that's a big animal that's the difference between something you pick up at the gas station and you know one of our knives exactly man it costs 10 times more but shit it'll last 20 times longer exactly and the edge retention is there yeah you look like you about to go to sleep pickle what was that jay you look like you about to go to sleep like you just Dude. laid back. <laughs> I was I was I was working while you guys were sleeping, man. Fuck. Yeah, that's I, I, I closed shop. It was almost one last night. Wow. Yeah, and I was um, in there all fucking day, like seven in the morning till one. Holy shit, bud! I've been in there since eight this morning. That's if I could have recorded, if I could have recorded this from the shop, I'd still be working on mute right now and just jumping in here and there and be like, "Hey, oh yeah, ha ha." Yeah, there's no more recording from the shop. This is the way to go. No. Yeah. Unless I get my internet connection figured out out back, then you know there's ways of doing it. Because right now I'm on a, a range extender mode on my thing, but if I was in a repeating mode, I'd have a better signal. But to have a repeater mm-hmm. mode, I'd have to be connected directly directly to my modem and router. Mm. So it's just a matter of getting some cat five cable and running that through the wall to the outside and put that thing outside and then just have everything properly set up. And I pretty sure I'd be good. Yeah. But where you're at though, there's no background noise. You're not moving shit around and fumbling and, no, nah, dude, I'm laying in bed right now. Are you really? I looked like you were laying <laughs> down for real. Relaxed. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm laying in bed and I went out to the shop before we started recording. So, so you're uh, laying down right now. Fuck yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought Jim, you just you got a guitar back there. Why don't you play us a tune? Wake yourself up. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't touched. I've been playing music, you know, pretty much my whole life, but I haven't touched that thing in, oh, I'd say a good eight years, if not more. Wow. I've got yeah. a guitar in the corner of my bedroom. I have no idea how to play it. I, I, I don't know. I, like, I don't play music of any kind at all on any instrument. But that guitar has traveled around with me for probably the last 15 years at least. And you never wanted to pick it up? Oh, I pick it up all the time, and I pick at it, but... I ain't never taken the time to to learn anything. I think back gotcha. in my younger single days, a guitar propped up in the corner is just kind of like one of those things, you know? Yeah. <laughs> kind of like having a puppy you think you're going to pick up chicks with your guitar. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, once they see the guitar, you're kind of locked in anyway, you know, if it's in the corner of the bedroom. But, you know, just a little bit <laughs> yeah. of cool points. Sure, sure. And if they walk into my room, they get freaked out and there's fucking – about 30, 30 something skulls on, on, yeah seriously there's like Head a bunch of hills. fucking skulls yeah there's uh snowboards there's shotguns and rifles and yeah sure you know you know nine times out of ten they'll run for the hills but that one out of ten is the one you want to be around Damn right. Oh fuck yeah! That's a keeper. She's the she's the freaky go. one. Right. At one time, I, <laughs> at one time I was uh, about you know seven years, six seven years ago. I've, uh, as I've mentioned before, you know I was into axe restoration and all that stuff, and uh, I had two axe racks that I had made in my room, and I had over seventy axes in here lined up. And, uh, you know, all in the racks up against the wall. Okay. And, uh, yeah. You said <laughs> I had this axe restoration. Yeah. Yeah. All these old axe heads that I just fix up or modify, make handles for. And then I ended up selling all of those because I just got bored from it. You know, there's, I'd rather make shit than fix shit. I agree with that. Yeah. That's for yeah. damn sure. Man, speaking of, um, I had a cust or a potential customer that that uh, went into Louis' shop, my leather guy, and there's a lot of times where they'll drop off and, um, what? <laughs> yeah, what's just- replace Jason? <laughs> huh? I'm making faces and Jason's laughing at me here. So. Oh, I was gotcha, laughing gotcha. at Pickle. I tried to point at Pickle, but I did that because on my screen, Pickle's this way. <laughs> gotcha, I tried to gotcha. fix it. <laughs> anyway, so, so this guy dropped off this knife that wanted me to restore it. And it's it's like this Japanese uh, Tonto-looking thing with a uh, wood, uh, wood saya. And he said, so um, about a year and a half ago, there was big floods around my area. And he said that he found it after, after going down into the basement of his, uh, of his uh, house. And it was under the water for probably a week. So it was just rusted and the sayos, you know, busted up. And like, you know, I told him, I, I don't do any sort of saya work. I don't do anything like that. He's like, okay, well, just go ahead and, you know, refurbish the blade itself. And I finally got my hands on the dumb thing and I looked it up and literally it's a $10 knife you buy out of like fucking some warehouse. So the man found this thing at like, not quite a gas station, but damn near. 
And he was it, like, he told me just to, you know, fix it up. And, you know, I, I guess I, I wanted to look at it before I gave him a price. So I just told him, you know, it's, it's going to be $300 to re- refurbish this thing just to scare him off because I didn't want to do it. Dude, yeah. I'd have told him 150 It'll be good as new. And I'd have ordered one for $10. Right. <laughs> there it is. Damn it. I good as that. new. Oh. <laughs> I even fixed the side. There we go. The full Holy get shit. Up. I should have thought of that. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Don't, don't judge a guy by his overalls, man. He's a smart one. There we go. No matter <laughs> what Ben Butler says. <laughs> He's wily over there. But... Uh, Fuck, I was going to say, so, uh, one guy came up to me with, uh, he showed up, he, he messaged me. He's like, I got a, you know, a few machetes I'd like to have sharpened and this and that, blah, blah, blah. And I got uh, some rice or two. I was like, all right, just bring them over, whatever. So he shows up here with a, uh, like a $9 machete. It's painted in thick black paint. It doesn't uh, even have, it doesn't even have an edge on it. Like the, the, the company, they even put, there was no, seriously, it was just flat steel, no edge, like no nothing. I guess so. I guess he bought it at the local outing store or whatever, but it's like a ten dollar machete. Anyways, they might maybe it was just forgot to put an edge on it before packing it up or whatever. But anyways, he had that and then like another cheap twenty dollar machete, and then he had this samurai that had no edge on it. You know, it's obviously ornamental samurai, so it's obviously not you know any type of hardenable steel, most likely either. You know, right? And he wanted me to put an edge on that ten dollar machete. And then, you know, sharpen up the other $20 machete, which was fine. Like, it was sharp enough. It was like paper slicing sharp. Sure. But the samurai sword, I was like, there's no point. You know, what do you, what do you plan on doing with the samurai sword? He's like, well, I'm just going to hang it back up on the wall. And then why, why does it need me? to be sharp? Why, why pay me to sharpen it? You know, why? Why, why waste your money? You know, <laughs> like I literally told them, why pay me to sharpen this knife? If you're just going to put it back up on the wall, you, ex- you know, expect somebody bad to walk into your house and you need to <laughs> cut their head off or something or. Right. And if someone bad walks into your house, you should be grabbing your shotgun, not the damn machete off the wall. Exactly. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so question for you, how much do you charge? Like wh- how do you structure your, uh, your charging for doing sharpening works? It depends on how I feel. Exactly. Okay. If I if I like the dude, if it's local and I'm in the mood, like just stop by. You know what I mean? But if it's some yeah. weirdo, that shit can get expensive. Oh yeah, exactly. If you're annoying, it's even more expensive. Yeah. 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 But um one of my friends showed up with like ten kitchen knives one day and a six pack of beer and Fucking few pre, a few pre-rolls from the dispensary, and I was like, fucking right, man. So he spent <laughs> a good part of the afternoon with me in the shop, and he left with sharp blades, and I was satisfied, and he didn't pay a fucking penny, you know? He's one wow, of my good yeah. friends. But he thought about coming over with, you know, a few beers and a few bones, and, you know, at least that, and not expect yeah. me to do it for free, you know? Yeah. But being you know, serious, though, people, I, I sold a chef's knife to a chef up in Chicago, and he got the knife, and he loved the edge that was on it. So mm-hmm. he sent me his chef's roll. It was seven knives in it, and it was there was a Wustov, uh eight-inch chef's knife. There was a, a cleaver. It was a full chef's roll of knives. It was seven knives. I charged him $150. And he was pretty impressed with that price. you know. And, again, yeah. I almost charged him that with the intention of, like, I don't feel like sharpening your fucking knives, you know, just 
find somebody there. Mm-hmm. But I, that was a very fair deal compared to what he has paid in the past. So yeah, if you're able to get a good edge out there, you know, it's worth some money. So you get seven knives sharp in an hour, make 150 bucks. That's good money. Well, what yes, I told him though, I said, I can put the same sharpness on all these knives. You know, I can make them split hairs, but I didn't make these knives. I don't know what the hell kind of steel it is. I cannot guarantee that it's going to hold, you know, I yeah. can make it sharp coming out of the roll, but I don't know how long it'll last. I don't know what it's made yeah. of, you know? Hmm. So my whole structure with that is, um, if you order a knife from me, I do. I will do two free sharpenings for you if you send the knife to me and you know pay to have it shipped both ways. And then you can throw in one or two knives on top of that, and I'll just do that as a courtesy, just for you know supporting me by ordering the knife to begin with. But yeah. anyone who hasn't ordered a knife from me, I charge three dollars an inch, and. Um, I will not do any sort of recurves or any sort of like wacky bullshit. So you got so like you'd be a charging very specific... me twenty four dollars. Come on, big eight. <laughs> Come on now. So you've got a very detailed, like structured price list, right? Yeah. Like this size knife is this much money. This option is this much extra. I don't have any right. of that at all. Yeah, not whatsoever. I mean, I, yeah, well, I just figure that that's easier just because, you know, it, it weeds out. I don't want to do any sort of recurves and mess it up or, you know, as long as the, the, it has a belly or it's relatively flat, I'll, I'll do it for $3 an inch. I've even had people, uh, do axes with me and I, I charge the exact same on those as well. I'm talking about um, your, your whole structure overall, even the way you sell your knives, you've got it laid out pretty detailed. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've got pretty well, I mean, I'm to, I'm to the point where people have asked me wacky ass questions. I've had to think about it. So I just add that to my, you know, my, my bullshitting while, while they're, you know, ordering and stuff. I just, Hey, there's this thing that I have to, like, I have like a whole paragraph that I go through with each person just to try to, you know, weed out all the questions before they ask them. Yeah. I just kind of, what I do is I take how much the big, I don't even factor steel or pins or none of that shit epoxy that's like disposable because yeah. it's so cheap you know when you get it in bulk the main thing, handle material the handle material is the biggest thing because mm-hmm. handle material can go anywhere from 20 bucks up to a held of uh, a lot yeah. hundreds depending yeah, on what hundreds it is. and yeah. hundreds exactly i had one piece of uh mammoth molar you know that was maybe like an inch and a half square cube you know for a bolster and uh that was like 75 bucks yeah <laughs> damn you know what i'm saying was like are you fucking serious that makes no sense you know but uh i got it I ended up doing nothing with it i just thought it was cool yeah i mean <laughs> i i have that kind of same thing except for you know i have a damascus price and i have a high, high carbon price yeah. And, you know, I, I do charge a premium and, you know, with, with the high carbon steel, you know, I just, I have all of the, the, um, different styles and different sizes. I have like a little cheat sheet for myself when people are ordering so that I know exactly what to quote them and shit. But with Damascus, with high carbon steel, I just, you know, I don't add the the price in with it because like you said, it's so dang cheap. But with Damascus, I do the the price of it and then a little bit of a premium in case I mess it up. Right. Because because I've I've, you know, eaten my profits too many times where I've, 
gotten right towards the end and find a little crack or, you know, warp happens. I don't realize. And I've eaten too many profit. I've eaten too many profits on knives that it's just, you know, I'd rather put that little bit of buffer. Now, what about this? Do you give them an option for blade finish? If they want like a mirror polish versus a, you know, stone wash or I, an etch. I don't do any sort of hand polishing. Everything is a belt finish on my end. Okay. Speaking I've done of a that, couple. I've done a couple hormones. Yeah, fuck hand sanding <laughs> for, sure. for sure. For <laughs> sure. Um, we should I've have done a, a, the podcast shirts. Put that in the back of the shirt. Fuck hand sanding. Fuck hand sanding. <laughs> I'd rock it all over town, dude. <laughs> I'll order another one. Shit, I wear my hustle and grind shirt all the time. I should have put it on for this. Uh, I got to get one. I don't even have one. I'm fucking host of this show. Yeah, <laughs> I'll send Jason, you my you Venmo. Send him one. Uh, yeah, I got. I can't, I can't do Venmo out here, uh, Chase. We don't have Venmo in uh, Canada. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> no. Uh, I'd have to. You'll send him a couple loonies and toonies and call it square. Nah, yeah. send me a send me an address, pickle. I got you, homie. Don't worry about no PayPal. <laughs> but uh, pickle, let's talk about belt progression. So. Look, I saw them eyes roll, be cone. You're like, really? We're resorting to that shit. So, <laughs> how, about we, how about we talk about epoxy first? Well, I mean, if you want to talk about epoxy, <laughs> the only thing that comes to my mind is Secorp. Yeah, I got my care package from them. Actually, I picked up some uh, some uh, thirty minutes, some five minute that black uh, instant glue, crazy glue, whatever. Yep, and some C tips. I have not gotten my package yet. I'm starting to get Ooh. a little concerned. Well, they're out west, and you're out in the states, down south. So yeah, well, I mean, last time I ordered it was exactly seven days, and it's okay. been double that by now. But on my tracking, mm-hmm. I don't have tracking for that package, but I've got something coming from Canada because I've mm-hmm. got the USPS app on my phone that tells me what's coming in the mailbox every day, mm-hmm. and it's something from Canada, and it says no delivery date known. So oh yeah, its last location Good. was in Springfield, Ohio. And that, as far as I can think of, that's the only thing that would ever come to me from Canada. Isn't that where Bart Simpson's from? No, it's uh, that's Springfield, Illinois. Oh, okay. How many fucking Springfields are there? <laughs> Probably get your, get 50. Your Midwest states down, man. Fuck, <laughs> I don't know, dude. I just know it's Springfield. I just made that shit up, like right now. <laughs> I was like, sure, why not? I don't know. Yeah, it's Springfield, it, Canada. <laughs> it's probably a Springfield in most states. Yeah. Like a Centerville. I mean, yeah. most most states got those. Sure. But, I did a post, uh, what was it, yesterday's post or whatever? Was it yesterday's post I did with this, uh, the CEC Corp? Yeah, that was a badass picture too, dude, for sure. Yeah, I did that, you know, and I asked everybody what they use for whatever, for epoxy and all that. And, uh, you know, and I posted that post to maybe 25, 30 other pages and groups, you know. So uh, I got so much, like, People like there, there's the West West system fucking the West system mafia, yeah, 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 the fanboys there. Yeah. Like, wow, <laughs> well, this guy. Yeah, but <laughs> but when it comes to when it comes to quality and price, I don't care if if I got a similar or superior quality product for cheaper, I could care less if I'd been wiping my ass with any other product for thirty years of my life. Oh, if I, I could say if I could save five bucks on on having a as good or superior product, I will do it. Yeah, it's better. And I will be loyal to them, you know. And that's the solution I found for me up here. 
you know, the great white North is I can't get epoxy anywhere as I want. I was emptying out the, the hardware stores with the gorilla glue shit. And that was 10 bucks a pop. So, See, you know, it made no sense to spend a, uh, a hundred and something bucks for 250 milliliters of epoxy yeah. or, you know, get a kit for 25. Yeah. The, the only reason why I'm, pretty loyal with West systems is because they're like 15 minutes down my road. Yeah. So it's just another thing because I, I try to keep things as local as possible. You know, I get my, my she's, you know, 10 minutes down this way. I get my, my epoxy 15 minutes down this way, you know, the woods try to keep it as close as possible or all everything you try to keep in America at the very least. And then on top of that, try to keep things as close but other than that, you know, I mean, that's the only reason why I like West Systems. So with them being 15 minutes away, can you actually physically walk in there and grab some epoxy? Or do you still have to order it? I only found that out like a couple of weeks ago. I've never actually been to their warehouse or whatever, you know, whatever factory they're making it in. Oh, I'd I don't even know where in Bay City like they're from. The, I'd be walking through the front door like I own the place, dude. If I found something <laughs> like that close up. to me. What's up? You know, <laughs> I would, I'd get up in there somehow or another. Probably still yeah. wouldn't be able to do nothing but order it. You know, that's probably just like their manufacturing plan or something. But it'd be nice to meet somebody. Yeah, for sure. Have a face with a name, you know. Might even sure. get you a little discount, save some money on shipping if you didn't have to order it. Right. Just go pick it up. Because if you're ordering it from anybody, that whoever you're buying it from, they're marking They're getting it up. a cut. Yeah. Right. Go straight to the source. But... But if you order CEC Corp epoxy, it's free shipping to the United States and Canada on all orders, $20 and over. <laughs> there you go. Look at Pickle getting those ad reads in. Pickle's Fuck killing me. it because I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I looked into it. You know, I checked out their website because if I'm going to, you know, I've been using them for a while, you know, and uh, now that we got this going on with the podcast and they're a sponsor of the podcast. Uh, I just, you know, checked out their website a lot more. And I was like, this is way worth it than anything else out there. You know, somebody would be ignorant not to at least give it a try because they're saving money no matter what other company they're trying out there. Yeah, for sure. They're saving money. If they don't care about throwing money out the windows and just burning money like it was nothing, you know, then so be it. But like I said, if you want to save five, 10, $20, depending on how much you need. And they have other products as well too, you know, at, at great prices. So, you know, anywhere from woodworking to, to knife making to, to Marine epoxy, they have it, you know, and their prices yeah. are fucking good. Yeah. If you got to stick so, some shit together, they can take care of you. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, like I said, why, why not, you know, I dropped everything else, and I ain't going to fucking try anything else now. You know, there's no point in me getting any West Jet or anything else and be like, okay, you know, try these guys because I'm content with what I have through CC Corp. And, like, for me to get West Jet up here in Canada is, like, $60 for a kit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So why? No, I get it. I totally get it. Mm -hmm. Hey, so, Pickle, you're getting awfully good at them sponsor reads. Um be calm. Oh yeah, yeah. Be calm. <laughs> Do me a favor, right quick, because I mean, I already know what I would say, but just to yeah. hear hear it from you. What What do you think about grinders? Where should you go if you need a, oh, a badass grinder? Oh yeah, grinders. There's a There's a certain company that I've I've bought my grinder from. It's a Broadbeck Ironworks. 
my favorite grinder I've ever ground on, uh, to be fair, you know, the only other grinder I've ever ground on was a one by 30 from Harbor Freight. To be fair. But, <laughs> but shit, man, the, the, uh, broadback grinder, it's, you know, it's for what you get. It's relatively inexpensive. It's, you know, you bolt it together. It's, it's so easy to put together. I mean, I, I don't know about you, Jason, but I had mine up and running in like 45 minutes from when it came in my front door. I was right at an hour and where yeah. I stalled out, though was the wiring. I had to get on the phone yeah. with some people to help me with the wiring. Cause I just don't know that that end of it but i had it built pretty fast like you say it didn't take long to be flipping the switch and throwing sparks when i got my first one i had the horse and a half with the the single speed just 100 percent balls to the wall um you know so i didn't have that variable speed drive that i had to wire up it was it was just nice and easy you know one wire here one wire there you plug it in the wall and you know turn the thing on but Man, it's it's a wonderful grinder. The the toolless um, switching out of all the attachment is absolutely key. Oh yeah. Anybody that's had a grinder where you have to you know loosen a bolt and now you've dropped the bolt and you got to find the dumb thing and you know just having that toolless you know it's, everything is you know loosened or tightened with knobs and it's just so easy to you know flip it up on its side whenever you need to and it it it's a game changer. It it, it absolutely will. You know, up your if you don't have a two by seventy two and you're looking at them, uh, Broadback Ironworks will absolutely up your game tremendously. It is the 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 tool that every knife maker uses eighty to ninety percent of the time, and you might as well get a good one. So check out Broadback. Yeah, my first two by seventy two grinder was a single speed, um, mm-hmm. straight. Wide. Well, it was a three speed. It had a, a belt drive system. You know, the step pulleys, and mm-hmm. it was a little. It, it was. Ah, we're not even going to go there. Uh, Broadback's <laughs> way better. <laughs> yeah, they hooked you up, though. They hooked you up. Uh, Broadback? Yes, sir. Yeah, they did. They, man, they they came in in a pinch, for sure, when that uh, the company whose name we do not speak kind of <laughs> did me wrong a little bit. Well, so uh, that's part of it, though. It, you know, that's the difference between buying from other knife makers that want to support knife makers and just buying from a larger company that doesn't really care if they get a bad review from you because shit, if, if you don't like them, there's a couple other thousand people that's already heard their name. Yep. So that's, that's what I love about uh, Ryan and Vince is anything goes wrong. You send them a quick message and they respond to you on the spot. And Definitely. You know, if, if shit's going wrong and you need to video call them, I've been on, I've been on video calls with Vince and it's just like, Hey, something's going wrong. He'll, he'll video call you and, get you set up square oh yeah lickety split that's that's Dude the customer so service you get from small smart. guys he is so smart when it comes to that machine yes yes i mean he knows the ins and outs the washer stacks like there's nothing yeah, that he doesn't everything. know where it goes i mean i don't know i'm sure ryan does too i mean he, he, he designed the thing but you know i i see every single time i see one of your videos and i see that broadback you know banner in the background i don't know maybe they need to send me one because I, i've been wearing to get one i fly it proudly yeah man and i would too yeah reach out to them man i'm sure they could hook you up i don't know if they keep yeah. them in stock or if they're made for order or what but i'm sure they can they can get you fixed up with one. Oh sure sure and especially once i have the new shop i'll have you know bigger wall space to fly it I'm running out of wall space. I've got three banners that I'm supposed to be flying in my shop, and I'm starting to use them as curtains under my workbenches. Just I'm <laughs> running out of places to put them. That's a good idea. 
Yeah. Hide some bullshit. <laughs> so, all right, guys, we've been going all, over an hour already. So, if y'all are good, I'm good. If you want to go ahead and call it a day, anybody get, got something else you want to talk about? Bring up. I don't know. I didn't have much to say today. and still don't have much to say right now. I'm focused on my work. I'm yeah. concentrated on what's ahead of me right now. Mm-hmm. You know, dealing with that business stuff too and all that has been, uh, it's been a hectic week, you know, just all everything going on, making sure everything's okay, dealing with finances and all that crap. So I had to take a, a part of the day to try to get all that done yesterday. And then, like I said, it's just uh the squirrels are still rolling up here. So <laughs> it's like good said, that you're getting on top of that though, because that's, you know, first you have to deal with all the knife making stuff. And then that's part of being an entrepreneur is you got to no, have exactly. all your ducks in a row all the time. Yep. And it's, uh, it's, it's not my type of thing to be doing, you know, <laughs> you know I'm, yeah. I'm more nomad than that. You know, I, I like to do my things and take care of my things and, you know, not rely on anyone else. And, and the whole business thing is a lot of it's not in my hands. You know, there's only so much that I had to do and the rest is in other people's hands. And now it's a waiting game and no answers and uh, this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I'll, well, it's like, fuck, you know, if we're going to get the ball rolling, get it rolling, you know, don't have it on standby, you know, and at least communicate, let me know what's going on because I want to sleep at night too, you know? Right. Yeah. Oh, I totally get that. Yep. Totally this is my that. ball game, not theirs, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, but, if it works, you know, I mean, it sucks that you're going through it and you have to, you know, oh, it's, put it's your part of the down. process. Yeah. But it's part it, of the it process. Totally part of it. Yeah. And after you've done it once, it gets easier, right? Yeah. Well, it should only have to be done once, you know, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully I don't have to start any other businesses because I'm, you know, 40 years old going <laughs> on 41 in a couple months and trying to get a business going in the middle of a, a pandemic, you know, is not the, hasn't proven to been, be the easiest thing yet for me in life as a challenge. Uh, you know, tr- finally, all the travel restrictions and everything related COVID restrictions we had had been lifted. Yeah. And, um, and now I guess we're in the middle of the fourth wave now. So they're all gun horn restrictions again and vaccines, you know, all these vaccine mandates to go everywhere. Now you need a vax plus you need uh, and I'm not vaccinated. So uh, September 11th, I was supposed to be down in Nova Scotia for a uh, hammer and down there. I couldn't get out because I would have to isolate for two weeks, you know, for traveling in my own country from one province mm-hmm. to another. Say like if you were to go to go to Florida to visit Brian, you'd have to isolate for two weeks before you could actually go visit Brian. Right. Well, that's how it is here. Like if you're coming in and you couldn't even get into Canada actually right now, even if you wanted to, but uh, it's just so fucked up. So, you know, my progress as the business itself, you know, having started in a pandemic uh, in the middle of all of that, getting, you know, good progression, you know, to a certain point you get to your plateau is like, all right, I need to grow. You know, I've hit the top, I've hit the roof and, you know, there's things I could do to expand my business that I want to do. But once again, like I said, these restrictions were just all thrown at us again last, uh, actually this week, as of when to say you need the fax pass, you need to mask everywhere is again, you need, you know, all mm-hmm. this uh, travel registration if you're leaving the province coming back. Uh, so that's fucking with me there because I can't go to any, you know, I can't take any blacksmithing or bladesmithing classes from, you know, any 
Red Seal bladesmiths out there or anything. You right, know? and so you can't go to shows because... I can't then, go to shows either. Right. You know, that's all my plans, but that's where I'd be... That's where I stand with my business right now is... But I can't get that going because of that, so... I don't know what to do about that. That's a whole yeah. other subject. You know, do I get the jab or do I not? Do I, you know, I'm not a fan of rat juice. You know, they're not even testing this shit on most lab rats, I guess, or whatever, if you want to put it that way, you know, like they're testing it on us is how I feel about this. And I'm not afraid of the vaccine. It's just the way they're, they're doing it and handing it out and forcing people to get it. And yeah. So, people. What time, what time did you, when did you start your business officially? Like when was like, cause I know like for me, I started November or no, December, 2019. So like I made my first sale in December, 2019 and then, you know, COVID started coming in. So mm. all I've known as a small business is, you know, all the shit you had to, all the holes you had to jump through for COVID. So um. when, I started my first sale was April 12th of the year COVID started. Wow. Yeah. That was my first sale, you know, and I made maybe three or four knives. Yeah. And I sold a little Skinner for $45. Yeah. That was, it's which I sell, which I sell for, yeah. Which I sell for like 275 at a basic price right now, you know? Right. And it's so funny looking back at my books and I'm like, holy shit, I sold that for what now? Yeah. It's like, crazy. The, like the Serbian cleavers for $150, you know? Oh my God. But they were made <laughs> out of, you know, out of the uh, saw blades, out of the uh, old mill blades, you know, I do all my snap tests and, you know, spark tests and all that. All right. This is good blade material. Let's make a knife. You know, that's what I was using. So I was selling sure. knives for 150 bucks a pop. Man, and, people, uh, people use those knives for a long ass time. Though. Oh, so yeah. it's, it's not like it was $150 and it was bullshit. No, when I start when I first started, um, when I first uh, started using uh, known steel, if you want to put it that way, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to make knives, I was offering both actually still because a lot of people admire the fact that you, you know, repurpose some steel mm-hmm. into a knife, you know, and some people, I would give them the option is like, you could have high carbon steel, which is not mystery steel, you know, and go through all that with them. And they'll be like, no, I want that mystery steel. Right. And, you know, it, it's got that cachet to it that they, they want, you know, so, but I don't or do like, that. I don't, I still got a bunch of blanks cut out that I had cut out on the laser CNC from uh, saw blades. And mm-hmm. uh, those are sitting in the junk pile outside. <laughs> You started out with like a, a sheet of steel, didn't you? That you were just paying for blades as it was cut? Yeah, as uh, when I started using known steel, yeah. Right. I went to a full 4 by 10 sheet of 1095. Are you still working wow. off that same sheet or are you out of that? There's still some material left there, but the thing is, is it's uh, 3 sixteenths thick. And uh, doing a lot of uh, kitchen knives now, you don't use much 3 sixteenths. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When I ordered that, uh, my options were limited, and I was like, 1095 is good. It was like 316, sure, I'll, I'll grind away or I'll hammer away or whatever sure. you know, was my mentality then. But th- there's no point if I could get, you know, the right thickness stock I need now. So <clears throat> so I just ordered my bars and do what I got to do. Speaking of crazy thickness of steels, I'm working on, I've got one little nano neck knife, and I've got a flay knife that's .03 inches thin. Here, let me go ahead and look up to see what that's in fractions. But holy shit, it's like wafer thin. And I just Probably made like it through. like a 32nd or something. Yeah, that's Yeah, let me look it up. 
So pickle, I got a question for you. True. When you etch your blades, what's your etching process? I know you you stay around two twenty grit, right? You using ferric chloride or you got some kind of two, mix? Two, can you say that grit number again? You said two twenty. No, you don't even go up that high, do you? <laughs> He's laughing like hell. What are you at? I don't do two twenty, dude. I don't hand sand. I don't do polish. I don't do shiny shit. Two twenty ain't shiny yet. It's too shiny for me. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just I did look it up. It is a thirty second thin. It's a thirty second. That's what I thought. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I, just, I just wasn't sure. But uh, no, Jace. Uh, to get back to that real quick, there before uh, I uh, I use the surface conditioning belts after one twenty. I just okay. worked them on that, and I also use a VSM uh, Lumeron belts too. So you know to just clean out the deeper one twenty scratches. Sometimes you know just smooth them out if you want to say. And because uh, a lot of people actually ask me, they want them fucking scratch lines, the grind lines, like they want them visibly seen. They want them. So that that yeah. picture I sent you today, right before I left to come here with the blades etched. Yep, that's at one twenty. So yep. I mean, they're a little bit shiny there, but that's just yeah. because they're you know fresh off the belt. But they're they're gonna rust yeah. like hell. They're actually sprayed down with WD forty right now because if I left them like that. While I was gone, you know, they'll flash rust just from the humidity yeah. in the air. But um, yeah. I do my, I etch my logo at 120 grit. That okay. way, the little square that comes in around your stencil, yeah, that pisses me the fuck off every time and I can't figure out how to not get it. All right. Well, I just figured that out uh, this week. Uh, you using vinyl stencils? Yep. Okay. Uh, lay your stencil out where you want it. Take some nail polish. Nail polish all the way around your stencil, like an inch and a half or even like half the blade if you want. And then uh, I actually throw some tape, electrical tape. Yeah. To, I mean, I'm sure I wouldn't even have to because the, the nail polish itself works as a masking. You follow? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I've always just I, used even, I did tape. a test. I took some nail polish and I took uh, my center punch and I, I scratched out, you know, whatever, uh, smiley face and all that. Mm-hmm. And I etched on top of that and I got a clean etch. And then I just took acetone to the nail polish and that disappeared. The wipe right uh, off pretty easy. Oh, fuck yeah. Like instantly, like a few wipes and that was it. See, this is why I like hot stamps. I don't have to deal with all that bullshit. Well, see, I'd rather yeah. have the possibility of having, because I got three i got my larger full bold pickle cutters i got a smaller bold pickle cutters and i got a small one that's just outlined and then i got my hot stamp which is an outline of pickle cutters the pk and um the thing is is the hot stamp is a hit or miss you know yeah you you come off crooked a little bit and with my logo I, I was, I was, you know, the, the the points, the spears that come out of the letters. You know, I was missing, I was missing good chunks of those, and it looked, yeah. it looked funky, you know. So I, I'd get pissed off at that more than anything else. So I just see. Like, I like, feel like that would be even better for your rough and tumble knives because it's, you know, it's it's all it's yeah, all but, part of the lore. Yes, I, I get what you're saying, but uh, the clean logo was more of a loud and proud thing for me. Okay. All right. Yeah, I want it to be seen, and it's just like the the, the hot green fucking logo on top of my hat. You know, mm-hmm. you walk around town here, and you'll see about forty of those hats in town, and you see them a mile away. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if it would have been dark and grungy, you wouldn't have seen it a mile away. You know. Yeah, I need one of them hats, pickle. I'll trade you a, I, a t-shirt for I've a got, hat. I, I've got none left. I have to have some more made out, and that's going to be all with the uh, apparel. Is going to be with the uh, process of the business thing and all that. You know, try to get some apparel going, some t-shirts, hoodies, and hats. Well, that's fine. That's hey, fine. I'll so down. Brian, Brian was talking, or Brian House was talking about doing sticker sticker exchanges. I feel <laughs> like we need to do sticker. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. That's all, folks. Come on now, come on. <laughs> This is why I don't drink and uh, throw a podcast together. Uh, so, yeah, sticker, sticker exchange. Yeah, we should do hat exchanges over here. Yeah, hat exchange, sticker exchange. I need to get stickers as well, too. You know, that's a bunch of stuff that I got to get done. Yep. I like that blue. That yep. looks good. Man, these hats right here are the most comfortable hats ever. But, God, it's hard to keep them clean with the Georgia sweat. I mean, it just yeah. stains Dude, so Where the fuck's fast. the camera on this thing? Look at mine. My mine's full of fucking sweat spots. I don't man. even have one of my hats on yeah, me dude, right mine's now. Mine's just like a ring around it from grossness. Yep. Mine's yeah, not even used. Mine's not even black anymore. <laughs> it's only probably a, a month, month and a half old. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Georgia sunshine for you there. I had accidentally worn uh, one of my, because uh, I had uh, I've got one that's like a flex fit trucker hat mm-hmm. and the brim, uh, no, not the brim, the, yeah, the brim and the face of the hat are gray, dark charcoal gray and the mesh is black. And mm-hmm. then I had an all black flex fit hat, you know, I had two different styles and, um, I accidentally worn one of my hats into the shop one day and, you know, got it all dirty. And I was like, fuck, you know, my good hat. And, uh, when I came back at the house, I was going out that night. I was like, fuck, I need, you know, I wanted to wear a specific hat. And then I opened up the box and there was only one left. So I took it. <laughs> I was like, fuck it. It's my hat. Dude, flex yeah. so fit hats that, will not fit me. Uh, I so I had to get rid of that. And, well, I got a big head, dude. And uh, I get the extra Same. large. I get the extra large flex fit and they fit, fit fine. Yeah, I get oh, the yeah. extra large and there's like, I need a little extra. Yeah, oh. same here. One of Again, them, I get one the of them domes. Well, well, I mean, it'll fit on my head, but it don't take but half an hour tops, and it's pinching me. Uncomfortable. Very yeah. uncomfortable. I get that problem all the damn time with hats. Yeah. I get large, extra larges, and it's like if there's a snapbacks, we're on like one or two rungs, and yep. even then, you know, it's just. Yeah, I got three on this one. Barely holding it around here. Jesus, guys, and I've been told my whole life I have a big head. No, dude. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, dude. There's a plum full of brain. You guys out there. <laughs> Shorts <laughs> brain. <laughs> we'll, ask, we'll ask Ben about that. <laughs> oh, All right, shit. real quick before we wrap it up. Pickle, back to my question for you. What are you etching in to get that, that finish? You just doing straight ferric or you got some kind of secret no, okay, pickle that juice? Kind of etch. I thought you were talking about logo etching for a second there. Weren't you? I was yeah, because for, we got off yeah. on 120 grit was what I yeah. etched my logo at. But when you etch your yeah. blades for darkness, are you using pickle for darkness, juice? Uh, I'm still at 120 and I uh, surface conditioning belt. And then I have an extra strong mix of straight up ferric, like 100% ratio, like a one ratio, no nothing else. Wow. And uh, yeah, I give it a quick dip in there. And then I pull her out and then I have them dip in uh, water and baking soda and then I wash them with water and soap and then uh oil and uh, uh four zero still wool wow yeah straight so you, have, 
Holy shit. With mine, I've got I've got probably I think it's a sixty forty mix of ferric and uh apple cider vinegar. Yeah. And I, I dip it in that for probably an hour. And then I pull it out of that and clean it off, like you said, with baking soda and soap and water. And then I put it in, um, I've had this, you know, big thing of super, super strong coffee. I think it's like a thousand cups or something and in, in like maybe two gallons of water. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like that shit will fuck you up if you ever tried to try it. But you then I do that in, shit. I, yeah. And then I put it in that for, you know, overnight, if not 24 hours. Sometimes I'll pull it out of that and be like, oh, no, that needs another day. Fuck that. Way too long of a process for me. <laughs> No, you just want to no, knock no. that shit off, send it down the road, and start over. No, it's Not just got to be grungy. Imperfection yeah. create the beauty of my pieces is how I see it, and and that perfection. Try, like sometimes I'll etch a blade, and you know how etches could come out blurry or whatever. Yeah. Well, I try to match the blurriness instead of fixing the 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 etch. You know. Okay. Like instead of re etching it, I'll try to you know whatever I could do with still wool and sandpaper and oil to try to get something to look right and make it look grungy. You know, like I don't try to re dip it in ferric, you know, and do all that process again. And no, man. I mean, I do that because you know that's Damascus. It's it's yeah. gotta take that high contrast. Yeah. But even with a few, I've you know I've gotten a few Damascus billets, and even my semi billets that I've done. Uh, when it comes to etching those too, I don't go for the high contrast. Like, uh, I, it's there. You still see it, but the black on like literally almost chrome, if you want to say sometimes yeah. I see that's, that's, you know, way too many hours of work for me to put out a knife for $400. <laughs> I ain't going to spend a fucking week on a knife and, and struggle to sell it. You know, I, I see a lot of guys on a lot of fucking knife groups that have cases full of knives and they're trying to sell these knives and they're not ugly knives. They're fucking high end high quality knives and they're unique one of a kind pieces but they're sitting and they're sitting there and they're going to sit there for a while probably See, that's they're all, I do all pre-sale stuff because yeah. I, I I've had so I've probably got 20 25 knives in Louis's shop yeah. and I've maybe sold two in the year or so that I've been there yeah See, I, I, I have hate, I hate pre-making shit and then yeah. having it sit forever I haven't even have a chance to have an inventory made up. Like I, I, I've always been on order since I started this and I've never made anything to just have it sitting around. And uh, yeah, it's always go, go, go. And like I said, I, I came up with a style that I came out with a style that everybody, it's like the rustic furniture. Yeah. You know, when that, you know, the whole country living home furniture stuff started coming out, mm-hmm. you know, barnwood and all of that and i i was making furniture back in those days and i was like i'm you know into high-end woodworking and then i'm i gotta take this wood and destroy it and make it look old you know and scratch it up and beat it up with chains and mm-hmm. bolts and shit and it's like holy <laughs> fuck but that's what people wanted right you know cracked up wood and scratched up and dented shit and it's like yeah no, no that's what i want you know so you know it's a thing people like Give the people what they want yeah they like the rustic and whatever. Like this one girl, I made it. You know, my kitchen knives. I try to keep cleaner, yeah. but I keep them scratchy anyways. You know, I give they they they're polished out on the surface conditioning belts, but they still got some one twenty grit scratch. But, you know, and she's like, those... oh, it's shiny. She says, <laughs> she's like, right, but it's shiny. I was like, yeah, this is a good kitchen knife. I like to keep them cleaner. You know, right. 
knife than I have a dirty one. So, see, I feel like you want those scratches in there because I imagine that helps with that food release. Yes, it does. Yeah. That's another thing. It could for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's even in the the knife nerd book. You know, they even bring it up in there too. Yeah, knife steel nerds. Yeah, knife steel nerds. And they bring it up in there, and uh, you know, and it's common sense to me. Yeah, anyway, it is. You know? It is. Yeah, for sure. Well, shit, man. Jason's been trying to wind this thing down for a while. Dude, I can, no, no, we're we're still going for another hour. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, could, I could go all day. It's a four-hour thing. But uh, yeah. the kids got soccer games in about 45 minutes. No, I'm sorry. Today's oh, Thursday. It's football today. Oh, so, hey. Good one, then. Oh, dude. Luckily, only <laughs> like two and a half more weeks of this. It's so dumb That's they put it. them so late. You know what I mean? They got to go to school tomorrow, and the shit starts between 6 and 7.30 at night. Sometimes they don't oh, get geez. over until almost 10 o'clock. They're 9 and 11 years old. Like, Damn. That's ridiculous. That's well, fun. Yeah. Part of the fun. Yeah. I mean, you can name it that. But, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, Jace, I'll let you shut her down. All right, guys. My name is Jason Hartwell from JK Blades, along with Brian Cohn of B Cone Knives and Nick Tobin from Pickle Cutters. See y'all next week. Till then, keep on hustling, keep on grinding. Peace out. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.